0: Friends, and welcome to Kiss Kiss Game Game, Uppercut's monthly gaming and relationships podcast. In this show, we sit down with a special guest each and every month to discuss a game, the relationships within the game, and how these stories relate to our own experiences. My name is Jess Cogswell.
1: And I'm Andrew Cogswell. This month, we are joined by number one Majimo Stan, the pigeon pster, <laughs> and Uppercut's mammy, Monty. <laughs>
0: Mommy, oh huh? it's not mammy. It's
1: mommy. Is it mommy? It's mommy. it's mommy. Wait. I'm not. I'm not Latino. I don't Is know.
2: Mommy. Oh my god, that was a whole bunch of like facts rolled into <laughs> one. I'm very overwhelmed.
1: Hi, Monty.
2: Hello. How are you doing, Monty? I'm. I'm good. We've had a hell of a week, and I think I'm still trying to take it all in and trying to organize my brain from it. I'm sure you guys feel the same.
0: Yeah, I like how you said like it's been a hell of a week, and I want to do like you know the like the thirty rock thing where it's like it's 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 Monday. It's It's like we're literally recording this on Monday. Yeah, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) hell of a week. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. Um, oh, that's not part of the actual. Okay, I read that and I was like, that's not part of the script. (laughs) Would you (laughs) get? Wait, what did it have? I I put. I need to address being gone for a couple years.
1: Because script we're recycling the script from when Caitlin was born. Okay, um, so we'll just cut yeah, that, part we'll that part out. <laughs> yeah, I
0: looked over it and I'm like, addresses being gone for a couple of years? Like where was I? Oh. <laughs> Jess, where'd you go? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. So Monty, um, you picked this game because that's how the show works. Yes. Uh, do you want to tell us what game you chose and, and kind I of, I don't know, should we go into like why or, or should we just talk about the game first?
2: Um, I can talk to you guys about the game and like how I found it, if that works. For yeah. You guys. Sure. Yeah. 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 That sounds
0: perfect. Kind of like your history with the game.
2: Yeah. Okay. So my favorite game of all time is The Unfinished Swan um it was made by giant sparrow back in 2012 and in 2012 i was still in high school because i am a baby
1: and that's wild yeah i
2: graduated in
1: 2014
2: oh, uh, <laughs> i mean that's not t- i mean i graduated in
0: 2011
1: i was graduating college the year after monty went to <laughs> get out of high school <laughs> it's
0: not too bad old.
1: i should have been graduating the year monty graduated from high school but i'm an idiot <laughs>
0: I'm still in college, so
2: I'm not. (laughs) Hey, yeah, Andrew, watch your goddamn mouth. Uh. Um, but yeah, come at you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I was, I think, a sophomore in high school. Um, so I was going really, really into my emo phase, really into Warped Tour. Um, I was very, very into projecting my feelings onto music, uh, and it was a lot of feelings during high school, and that's when I started kind of investing more time in my PS3. Um, only because I didn't really have time for, like, extracurricular activities other than, like, the once-a-week program that I had, and that was because a lot was going on. And I found this game, it came out, it was $15 when it came out. And I was like, hey, I have $15. I don't know what the fuck this game is. All these games are kind of the same. I don't know if you guys know, but like the same year, Far Cry 3 came out. And mm. that's like another favorite game of mine. But I didn't want to play something that was like exactly the same because I was getting kind of mm. bored of like the open world, uh, realistic, like kind of like survival shit. Um, mm. So I just decided to like wing it and just get this game for 15 bucks because that's what I had. Um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into and my mom watched me play this game. She's a big fan of just watching me play games. Um, yeah, she's, she can be cute sometimes, you know, when she's not crazy, (laughs) but yeah, she's cool. Um, I really want you guys to meet her one day. I think you guys would get along. I would um, love to meet her. I mean, yeah. I, I
0: briefly did over FaceTime, but, like, I need the full experience.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah she's, she's wild. She says some wild shit. You guys will understand where, like, my brain comes from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I started playing this, I think, like, on a weekend. I'm trying to remember, like, more vividly, but it's, it was eight years ago. A lot has happened in the, the past eight years. Um, and I remember playing this game and crying multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very different from anything that I've played before, uh, at that time, especially with, like, these big games coming out. Like I said, Far Cry 3. I think Borderlands 2 or one of the spin off Borderlands, like, came out that year. Yeah. Um. 2 seems right. Like, yeah, that That seems that like year. that's when two, that would two have came out right
1: around that same time, a couple of weeks earlier.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. like, Dishonored came out too, because I remember my brother was, like, really excited to get that game, so we got it together that year. Um... So it was very different Uh, with these like open world kind of games and like survival stuff. uh, This was very different and uh, it made such an impact on me. And it was kind of the reason why I'm really into indie games now. I didn't know the indie game world was an actual thing up until I played this game. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually something I was going to ask because it sounds like
0: you're playing a lot of AAA stuff kind of like leading up to and even around this. So so, this was, like, your kind of intro to indie games. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, I, I, like, grew up, like, poor. So, like, the only things that you kind of see from, like, your vision is, like, yard sales. And a lot of these yard mm. sales have, like, AAA games for, like, five bucks. Or mm-hmm. it's, like, stuff you see with, like, your other friends talking about it. And no one, no one in high school middle school is going to talk about indie games because that's not what, you know, what's in the media. That's not what they yeah. see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just finding this out and, like, trying to convince people to play it, like, they wouldn't because they were just, like, this is some baby shit. And that's, like, <laughs> so, that's something, like, I that I hear continuously from, like, between these eight years that, like, I progressively got more angry hearing that. Yeah.
1: Awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like that's kind of, like, the stigma that comes with a lot of, like, indie games. It's, like, it's either, like, I don't know. They're treated as either, like, feminine or just artsy or just emotional. And, like, it's so easy for people to dismiss that, mm-hmm. which is pretty, pretty crappy because mm-hmm. there are a lot of really good games. And maybe gamers should actually be in touch with their feelings,
1: they you should? know? Nah. They, nah. Can't, they nah.
0: can't
2: go to therapy. I'm telling you. Indie games is some <laughs> on like shit. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's you good. Go sh- it's like
0: you could go to therapy for two hundred dollars, or you could play Unfinished Swan
2: for fifteen. <laughs> what is the what is the choice here? But no, <laughs> let's play let's play Claude and have like gamer moments for the next four hours. Yeah,
0: Oof. Yeah. No, um, Don't do that. B- but back to good games. Back, <laughs> back to Unfinished Swan. I sh- I'm not like, whatever Call of Duty's whatever. It's Call of Duty serves its purpose in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. But. Yeah, okay, so Unfinished Swan. What's funny is I actually, I remember I first played Unfinished, Unfinished Swan. I can't talk today. <clears throat> I can't talk any day. I say that on every podcast. Yeah. I'm like, I can't talk, you know. <laughs> Excuse me, but it's it's every podcast. Um, but I first played it actually with, like, my best friend in middle school. Mm-hmm. Cute. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a cute game. I started it at her house. I think I ended up buying it and finishing it at my own but i really liked it i it's like you know i this the which is so weird because like the the story actually doesn't stand out to me as much as like it's actually a really good emotional story i just remember it was the first time that i played a game with that kind of gameplay mm-hmm. ever cuz it's just such a unique mechanic mm-hmm. um because it's like the whole thing it's yeah, not
1: you should explain it
0: yeah well yeah. that's what i was going to i was going to do it's like the whole thing it's not like a typical like there's no fighting in it it's not like dialogue driven it's not it's you're just wandering around and you throw paint and you use paint to find like the dimensions of things that you can traverse the world Mm -hmm. you know like you can you can throw paint and like if there's a wall really close to you obviously the blob is gonna be bigger because it's right there and if not it's further away and like you kind of use that to to feel your way around an environment and like i said i've never played anything like that like probably the closest would be like the old, and this is going to reveal, like, I'm not even old, so I'm not going to say this reveals how old I am. I'm not old. We just talked about how I graduated in 2011. Um <laughs> But, like, the Myst games mm. on PC, yeah. Um which those are more, like, puzzly, but, like, it's kind of that same, like, first-person walk-around environment thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess, I mean, to a certain extent, Unfinished Swan is a little puzzly. It has some puzzles. They're yeah. pretty
1: light. They're not, like, are not like It's not, like, find
0: lot. this piece, put this piece in here. Yeah. Like, it's not like that. But it's just, like, you have to think a yeah. little
2: bit. Yeah. And I think Unfinished <clears throat> Swan does a really good job of, like, sure, it's pushing you to think just a little bit, but it's, it's not making you stress out like other games have. And, like, mm-hmm. you know me, I don't like my puzzles. I don't like thinking too hard. And... This this game gave me just that. It made me feel smart, but, like, didn't make me kill myself for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, my experience with Unfinished Swan, I, I watched Jessica's friend play it, and then it was free on PlayStation Plus, and it came with the PS4 copy and the Vita copy. Oh, nice. And I, I used to work nights, um, like, midnight to 8 a.m., and I was alone for most of my shift. so I'd take my Vita with me and just play games, and that's how I played Unfinished Swan.
2: They mm-hmm.
1: played it at work and it was like the perfect work game because it's so relaxing and so chill mm-hmm. um and like when I was working there I was drinking a lot of coffee and like my sleep schedule was awful I had awful anxiety I became like paranoid while I was working so like having mm-hmm. a way to just chill and just play on was super good for me um it was very helpful Ooh. I I adore this game um it was, you actually put it up for our Game of the Decade discussion.
2: Yeah, and I yelled at you about it. But the thing is, is it was
1: up against Borderlands 2, and I I gave it to Unfinished Swan, even though I put up Borderlands 2.
2: Did you? Yeah, I yeah. voted against, yeah. I voted against yeah. Borderlands 2. Yeah, I yelled at it was Andrew. was one of my favorite games. And <laughs> the time was up, I remember, but I just kept yelling at him, and he was just like, no, 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 I'm giving it to you, and then I think I just kept yelling at him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That seems right. That seems good. Yeah. I can't wait for next year. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, that God. was well that was the decades, so that was a little bit more, more crazy. Yeah. But um That's yeah, it's a good game.
1: It's very cute. It's very good. Um
0: And we already kind of went over like the so Giant Sparrow. Um the last thing that they did was uh What Remains of Edith Finch in twenty seventeen. Yes, yeah, the only yes. other thing they've done. Yeah. I don't know if they have anything in the pipeline. I'm I, sure they do. I mean like, I'm absolutely. sure they do too yeah. but like it's been it was five years between unfinished swan and
2: feet of finch yeah, yeah. And so i don't know if they're coming out with anything in the future but i know the developers who've worked in that company like adjacent like let's say like giant sparrow adjacent have worked on other stuff like you have like mm. example ben um esposito he did uh donut county uh um,
0: oh, okay. Oh, okay i yeah, actually didn't
2: know that's cool yeah he worked with giant sparrow for a little bit yeah I oh, that's that cool either. that's awesome
0: so yeah, I mean, they're I'm sure that all like they're they're working on things, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, Edith Finch was the last thing in 2017. But we went over a little bit on like the the developer and stuff when it came out. Other games that were coming out around the same time. Um, I guess we should go into the story and the Definitely. gameplay a little bit more. I explained it a bit, but um, I don't know, yeah. Monty, do you wanna do you wanna take the wheel here and kind of walk us through the story and a little bit about the gameplay, what makes it unique?
2: Yeah, I love to do that. That's. Um, so you kind of are set up in a way where it's kind of like a child's book. Um, it kind of plays like a, like those like cardboard books that you have when you're like five. Um, and when you kind of enter in, it kind of talks about uh, a kid and how he had a mom that did all these paintings. She was an artist, um, but unfortunately she passed away and all these paintings that she had they were unfinished and one night this kid's like trying to go to bed he's just trying to sleep and then he notices one of the paintings the swan is like missing like it's completely out of the picture um so you know the normal thing that a kid does is like just go into the picture to try to find that fucking swan um i thought that was really funny and mm. you and thing that i just realized now like this game doesn't give you like any tutorials yep. um you kind of just do your own shit you kind of just figure it out but again it's not hard there's other games that don't give you tutorials that are just like painfully painfully um like hard like earthbound and like some other games um like the first legend of zelda like i i don't know mm-hmm. who finished that if you guys did i'm very proud of you but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a no i haven't like the first zelda
0: i ever beat was linked to the past and even that one was like somewhat unguided but at yep. the same time not nearly as much as the first one that just like throws you to the wolves
1: yeah it's,
0: it's crazy
2: um Unf- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: unfinished swan really does do a great job of its opening section of just like because there's only move jump and shoot your paint mm-hmm. like that's the only controls and so like mm-hmm. just pressing the buttons you figure out everything and like there's no combos or like complex strategies or anything like that it's that's it and that's they just it. let you, they let you go
2: and it's, it's and it works yeah and, and it's beautiful in a way that like these like three simple things that you can do um you're still walking around and the storybook kind of uh section of like the game is still like kind of walking you around the game like you see these Bit, like little paragraphs with drawings talking about a king which mm-hmm. is kind of referenced to be his dad and the queen to be his mom but um that's kind of like your own personal like how do you call it guys help me with Interpre- english here interpreta- yes interpretation. that word um <laughs> so it's it's really nice, and as, like, you're splatting all this paint to try to find your direction of the game, because, again, you're, you just end up in a white canvas when you walk into the painting. Um, you see the shapes of, like, these walls, a bench, a barrel, and then you get to a frog that, like, scares the shit out of you. It scared everyone that's <laughs> played it. It scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes into the water, and then you see, like, yellow cute footprints that are, like, the swan um, kind of guiding you on where to go. And all these, like, little subtle ways make it very, I want, wouldn't say very easy to play, but it kind of, like, like, pushes you along. It, like, kind of gives you, like, a little, like, gist of, like, hey, just, just go here. Maybe maybe you'll find something here. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really nice.
1: It feels linear, but not in, like, a bad way. Because the, the swan is always your objective. Mm-hmm. Like there's no oh we have to get the three <laughs> things to open the door to get to the swan. It's always just follow the swan. Mm-hmm. So like it because that is the sole objective. It being linear feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can explore the world a little bit. Like it's not a straight hallway, mm-hmm. but ultimately you know where you're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think it just does a really good job with that as well. Yeah, along with the tutorial
2: and it just adopts other kind of um, landscapes. Like it's not just like a whole white canvas, like you said, um, and like a little hallway. Um, it does have like this dark cave that you have to follow this like purple mm-hmm. light and you have to keep with the light or like some mystery thing's going to eat you. Uh, you go into more of like the castle and you start seeing yeah. like shapes that are like developed on its own, but you have to start watering stuff instead of throwing paint um to kind of get to where you need to go because you climb those vines it does it really tiny and it's really nice and it's just fuck this game's just so relaxing it's just so it's, good <laughs> it's
1: it was probably the most it's probably still i don't know if it is still the most relaxing game i don't know it's between that or slime rancher Both slime of those games are nice. just incredibly relaxing games and just so zen mm-hmm. i
0: don't know what the most relaxing game i've ever played is stardew Yeah, maybe like farming Sims for me are really relaxing. You don't have to think too much about them. It's just like that routine or the Sims, like anything where it's just like a little like simulation type game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are usually what I play to, to relax.
1: Yeah. Unfinished Swan and Slime (laughs) Rancher are definitely mine. Yeah. Which is funny because that's, I think also Monty's. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, probably.
2: (laughs) That's where me and Andrew have this synergy is just relaxing games (laughs) that are
1: cute. Yep.
0: (laughs) Well, that's because you guys are both relaxing and cute. (laughs) Oh, oh, don't make me cry.
1: (laughs) that's why i love viva pinata
0: so much oh viva pinata is a good one too it's
1: so relaxing
0: (laughs) um yeah unfinished swan to me is like i don't know like i'm also just a sucker for like minimalism and like very Mm. like simplistic design and like mechanics and to me unfinished swan is like a testament to how effective and great that can be Mm -hmm. like to just have and like in the art's really cute um even like the font and stuff like that like it's very stylized Mm -hmm. um it's just yeah it's a good experience overall it's a really good game um and then you know we kind of went a bit into um it's about a boy who's who's going through this book but did we talk about i guess like the inciting incident as to why this is all happening monty
1: mentioned it yeah
0: okay i didn't know if that was mentioned um but yeah so so
1: his mom passes away and like Mm -hmm. his mom's an artist who's known for having never finished a painting Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he go he moves into this orphanage and they let him take one of her paintings with him. So he takes her favorite one, which is an unfinished swan, that the neck was never painted on. And then he goes into this storybook and has to paint his way through and eventually learns about a king in this kingdom and a queen and yeah, it's pretty heavily implied that the king's his dad. Um and yeah, it's just it's finding it's Monroe the character, the little boy. It's his journey of just finding comfort and closure after the loss of a parent. Um. Yeah, it's really touching. It's mm-hmm. really sweet. Yeah, it's uh,
2: it's it's very powerful. Like, um, again, I played this in twenty twelve my first time, and like you guys know, like other people don't. Um, like I, I come from like a one parent family. And then back in 2016, like, my father passed away. So I kind of, like, went back to this game to kind of, like, find closure because the whole situation was a mess. Um, But coming back and playing that and having something relaxing and also closure um, and then kind of returning to that this year with, like, uh, Mitsuzioni, um, all these kind of, like, little games about parent relationships are very powerful to me. Mm -hmm. And unfinished one always comes out to the top like any kind of situation that i've kind of been through that's been kind of a game changer in my life um it's it's always been there and it's, it's always it always proves to me like things are going to be like all right like even though like you're kind of like guiding through life like it's never about like the ending result of like what you want um but more or so like the journey yeah
1: mm-hmm. it's it's comfort food in a way
2: yeah it's uh, it's very nice, nice yeah it's a nice warm hug so good. It is.
1: It is a very nice warm hug hug of a game. Um but like in a somber way too at the same time because like I, I always describe like Mario Odyssey as like if a game could hug you. Mhm. But like Unfinished One to me is just like a so- somber like it's going to be okay kind of hug. Mhm. Rather than like a hey good to see you hug, you know. Mhm. Um I love
0: the idea of, like, video games being different kinds of hugs. That's very cute. It's just cute. those two. Those, it's just two. those two. It's just Mario and uh, the swan. Yep.
1: <laughs> so, like, and to me, like, unfinished, like everyone loved, or a bunch of people loved Untitled Goose Game. Fuck that. The swan's much better.
2: This swan will take care of you, not treat, <laughs> you, not treat you like shit. Yeah. The
1: swan <laughs> is not abusive.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy that... Untitled Goose Game, um, God, it. it's like you know. I, wait, I was gonna see. See, I'm still learning like fucking slang. I've been here almost twenty years, guys. I'm still fucking <laughs> learning shit. I was just gonna say like, oh, it's learning. It's like it got. It's just desserts. I'm like, wait, that's not the phrase I want to use. No. Um, like it's day in the sun. No, it like it got it got the attention it deserved as like yeah. being a indie studio, and I'm very happy for that. But I wish that was also given to Unfinished Swan, because yeah. I I'm I'm so. I'm so on with this game. And I'm, I'm sure, like, you guys have games that, like, are, you know, underdogs that you wish also had, like... Final like, Fantasy VII, yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> game,
1: literally every game I put on a game that
0: you're... Monty, how did that not get to shut the fuck up from you? Because
2: uh, I'm laughing, because I'm playing that now, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I, I get it, Jess, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, every single one of my game of the decade submissions to me is a uh, no one loves this game.
0: Oh yeah, Arkham City and I didn't uh, put that on there. oh yeah, that was Kayla. Okay, I would say Arkham City and Borderlands really don't get any attention. Not
1: this damn outlet. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Let's
0: talk about Night in the Woods. So you don't even like uh,
1: fucking Life is Strange. You still voted for it over Mario Odyssey.
0: <laughs> Listen, I went with cultural
1: nope, impact. No, don't care. Mm-mm. Bad. <laughs>
2: If it helps, Andrew, I like Life is Strange too.
1: That
2: I need to
0: play Life is Strange too. <laughs> it, is, uh, crazy. it is crazy. I've heard it's fantastic.
1: It's wild. It's finally done now, so you can actually play the it was, whole thing. It was
0: done back in December.
1: hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. it's been a while.
2: Yeah,
0: whoever. Ever... It's
2: almost May. No, shut up. No. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's
0: April 6th to Monty, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's April 6th to me. That's what my heart says. <laughs> um, yeah, no, whoever consulted, uh, in, like, Latino slang and Latino behaviors and Life is Strange 2 deserves a fucking award, because they, like, use, like, Mexican slang that I've never heard in a game before, and I'm like, what the fuck? Hell, uh, yeah. yeah, they did a great job. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Um,
1: uh, what were you gonna say, Monty? Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, so, like, what... What specifically did you want to talk about with the game in regards to, like, relationships? Like, was there a topic specifically you wanted to cover?
2: Uh, just, yeah, it, it's a lot. I, I can talk to you about my weird, not weird, but, like, really strong relationship with this game and, like, weird sections are probably going to rant for a while. And okay. you guys can slow me down. You guys have full information. Because, um, again, I haven't been able to talk about this game, like, like this before i kind of just tell people like hey try it and then they'll tell me you know oh no this looks like shit
1: monty would it be too triggering if i set a five minute timer
2: no you you <laughs> you do that it's fine it's okay people.
1: <laughs> no i'm just fucking kidding <laughs> <And> then, just,
2: <laughs> you do that because yeah, i can yeah, like, t- i can talk about this game for like three hours um perfect
1: let's go it's funny. Yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's funny because this game fucking... i think is like five hours actually yeah
1: it's so short but this is gonna be the longest episode, and not the fucking whole Mass Effect trilogy episode. We did. Uh, <laughs> oh
2: my God, <laughs> I was thinking about buying those games again. I don't think I'm ready. I've bought the Mass Effect trilogy like three times before. <laughs> I don't like
0: think it's that's, that's, that's like me. <laughs> yep. They're just
2: really good games, and for some reason, when I want to play them, I don't have it. Um. All right. Womp womp. So let me have a sip of my cold brew. Hold on.
1: It is eight thirty at night. Why are you drinking cold
2: Because Monty's a
0: gamer. She's got to stay up and play Final Fantasy VII so yeah. she can talk about it on a podcast with me.
2: I just fucking fought a house yesterday, and that was so fucking crazy.
1: God, that text review was the best.
2: <laughs> I was like, I love Monster House. This is great. This movie's awesome. Um. um But yeah, alright, so Unfinished Schwan, there's, uh, Schwan, yeah. There's a (laughs) lot of (laughs) weird, weird little things that, like, kind of puzzle up together. Like, I told you earlier, like, I had a very powerful moment with this game, with, like, uh, the situation with my father, and that was really comforting. Uh, But something that I really, really hate, like I told you guys before, is when this is kind of called a baby game, in general for um, indie games, and it's kind of set in stone with my relationship with indie games, and that's why I was really happy when Caitlin uh, brought me along to Uppercut to talk about indie games. Um, So, I remember around, after, like, I finished Unfinished One 2012, I had my best friend played it, and she really loved it, Um, and as years have gone by, like, I've told people to play this, and they would just tell me, like... Oh, this kind of looks like shit, or oh, it's kind of a baby game, or like trying to get my brother to play is like, eh, it kind of looks like a like a like a game for my sister who was like five at the time, mm-hmm. um, and you know, as I tried to understand, like, okay, this game looks very different from the AAA games that people play, like Assassin's Creed. Far Cry, all that stuff, and I try to say like this game is really good though, like it's it's a good message. Um, I saw myself get more angry, and as people played it and finished, and we were just like, oh, it's too short. It's not. It's whatever. It's not that good. Um, this comes from me being having a bias and loving it, but I realized like I I don't understand um, why games can't just be things that we can just enjoy. And why do we always have to find challenges with it or find like these big triumphs with it? I don't know if it has to do with like ego or if it's like how people learned how to game when they were young, where they can only like kind of stress over the game too much to enjoy it or to kind of say it's good. Um, It doesn't have to have fucking like textures and leaves and hair and skin Um, to be a great game and we've talked about that before with like Mm -hmm. hyper realism Um, so that's that's something that I've gotten really really passionate about is just like talking like hey these things that you know like you should try kind of going out of that little bubble and have really awesome relationships with little games that you probably have never seen before Um, and this happened one time when I was doing stuff with uh, B-Fig, which is Boston Festival of Indie Games. And I forgot the name of the game, but it's a game about, like, a blind girl who's, like, walking around a scary house. And the way that you can see shit is, like, you, like, pound on her cane.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That sounds familiar. I don't know mm-hmm. the name, though.
2: So I, I brought a couple of friends to B-Fig to kind of be like, you guys need to, like... Open your mind. Because I couldn't get them to play finished Spawn. I couldn't get them to play, like, Firewatch. So I had to kind of take them along with me, pay for their tickets. I'm like, I'm going to prove something today. And I hope I did. But I did. Um, they both got that game. And they were both really, really blown away by it. They are just like, I've never heard of this. Like, why isn't there, like, commercials about this? And I explained, like, these indie games don't have the budget for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, a whole world out there that you're missing. Um and when i explained to them my relationship with this game like i started to cry and that's when it, it's when it got all weird cuz friends don't really know how to like know how to comfort me so um it was really just satisfying for me to kind of teach them like hey games can be really cool and not stressful and don't have to be like these weird competitions that are always set in stone with like these online games that's why i'm, I'm really sick of all of these battle royales because it's still like a notion of like who's on top and i'm just like we don't need that stress right now we fucking deal with that with capitalism um <laughs> and i i, I just want to go home and feel good and like think about my day and kind of like you know like think about like my little gratitude list and like what i'm thankful for and just go to bed feeling good not go to bed like fucking sick of my shit because i just lost four games and that's weirdly the only way that i can enjoy games is by hating them um (laughs) sorry that was like super long-winded i couldn't monty that's like the most passionate like about games
0: i've ever heard you like you you, like you really like in the best way though like i don't want you to feel like like i liked it
2: Yeah, I I have a weird way of, like, wording shit, because I still, I'm I'm still learning how to, like, speak. I say this as a joke most of the time, but it's, like, real. I'm still learning how to, like, make sentences together. um, So I don't know how to, like, say shit and, like, explain things, like, without dumbing it down. Um, No,
1: I... I... Craig just told, craig just told us he failed to join for some thanks, <laughs> craig. thanks craig all right well
0: hopefully audacity's good <laughs> yeah my audacity's still uh, running up um, yeah mine's mine's good too no
1: i mean I, I think like in your defense monty i think like explaining yourself critically and stuff like that is different form of communicating so like especially when it's not your native tongue like you know
0: well and like i mean that's just something you know obviously like you have some like emotion behind and some Mm. passion behind you know is like and i mean you wouldn't be doing indie mixtape you wouldn't like be a part of uppercut if you weren't passionate about like celebrating the voice of underdogs you know and like and promoting like things that make you feel and experiences rather than just you know the triple a games that people already know about Mm -hmm. so i think it's it's good to get passionate about that and to you know to speak up and to feel um, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I've always... I mean, ever since I started playing games, I've always been drawn to, like, games... Like, stories. Yeah. Like, stories and characters. Like, for me, it's not about, like, winning. I'm not a very competitive person. <laughs> like, really. Um, there are very few, like, instances in my life where I feel like a competitive side really comes out. Um, I, I just like a good story and a good experience. I mean, that's why... Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. And that's why, like, the craziest thing about all of this, as much as, like, I don't know, I've gone through, like, a weird thing where, like, at first I really didn't like the remake and then it grew on me and, like, I started to love it and they did certain things, like, really, really right. And I still have my issues with it, but, like, overall, I love it. But the best part, better than this game that I've loved for 23 years or whatever, um being remade the best part is like I see all of these people who didn't know these characters that like I fell in love with like I know their stories as if they were like bedtime stories told to me as a child you know like I know that world I know the places I like and now I'm seeing all of these people like learn about it and and they're passionate about it and passionate about like these characters and like they find them attractive or they find them funny or in It's amazing. And Final Fantasy VII is not an indie game. It's not a small game. It's one of the most critically acclaimed games of all time. Like, people know about it. But at the same time, like, getting texts from Kayla or Monty or, um, I don't know, just, just like, various people who, who have never played the game before. Even Chloe. Like, Chloe's streaming it and stuff. Like, it's so cool. It's so cool to know that, like, people are sharing this. And so, I mean, that's why it's important, especially with indie games. You know what I mean? Like, it's so cool when people share that love and people love stories and and games become more about an emotional connection rather than just, like, teabagging people when you kill them.
2: Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's something that, like, I, I, I try to push, and that's why, like, I... I like you guys know I like arguing. I like fighting. It's just in my nature. Which is weird because another reason
0: we all work at uppercut.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um A a little feisty. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um we need that in the industry. Um but I think that's why like I'm always pushing with just like why can't we just enjoy this thing? Like of course people can Um, disagree on like, you know, like they just don't like it or like something can be better. That's totally valid. But when it comes to like, Hey, like my game of the year was fucking, let's say at the time, like night in the woods. Um, and then some other person was like, well, I liked Dead Stranding. Death Stranding was like a lot better. It's infinitely better. You know, the graphics, the, the, the real people looking people. I don't know. Um, it's, it's it's something I try to push. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, this giant game. Um, you know, yeah. like, big money quality doesn't mean that it's good for me. Um, I would rather play, you know, I don't know, like,
0: five different indie games that all feel artistically different and tell different stories than just, like, back-to-back play stuff like Death Stranding, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, like, God... You know what I mean? Like, just these games that are, like... They're beautiful. Yeah. They're and they're different. I Andrew Andrew's mad at the Death Stranding hate. I Death Stranding's
1: can... an indie game.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, okay, andre fine. No, wait, I, g- I gotta make good with Andre. I want him to feel good. I haven't played <laughs> this stranding yet, and you know it. I'm just using yep. it as an example, BB. No,
1: no, no, I know, I know, I know. And I'm being a total shithead about this. No, like, I'm... Te- like, technically, I, Kojima Productions is an indie studio, but it was fucking backed by Sony. Like, fuck off. Like, I, I know it's not actually an indie game. No.
2: I have to play it anyway, because I'm marrying Kojima's son in the future, so I <laughs> need true. to know, you know, true. his daddy's work. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, and this is like where I get really emotional. And like while Jessica was talking, like I was tearing up. Um. Aww. <laughs> it's it's really crazy how like these smaller games, like people talk about them all the time, like how they moved them and how these should be more pushed. Um they can really like change someone. Just like AAA games can totally, but indie games have like these small teams and like they A lot of them work just, like, part-time in these studios. It's not a full-time job. And they put their heart and soul in all these fucking games. Not saying that AAA doesn't, but, like, I think with a smaller team that's just, like, doing so many things and still trying to set aside time to do this um, really means a lot for me. Because, again, I come from a single-parent family who... This is... I'm gonna cry. I love you, baby.
0: Take your time. It's okay. I love you.
2: I think that's why these games kind of really stuck out to me. Because it's still people doing so much and still having things to do with their passion because they still want to have like that kind of wonder in their life. And that's what, like, Unfinished Swan did for me. Again, the the whole game is kind of not talking about the end goal because sometimes you won't have that closure. Shit kind of hits you out of nowhere. But the journey in between is what counts. And that's what I have my relationship with this game. It's just keeping that wonder and keeping doing things in between from, like, you know, the start of your life to the end. It's just keeping going and having... I'd spark in your why of doing things that you want to do. That's why when, like, you guys ask me to, like, go to San Fran and, like, have fun, like, I'll go because that's that's part of my journey. And, like, without this game, I honestly don't know where I'd be because I don't know what effect it would have if I found out about indie games later in my life when i Probably would have been so stuck on AAA games or honestly would have changed my whole direction because I lost my interest in games a little while ago to going fully into the DIY scene and music, but then coming back because indie games is what kept me. Having played that game in 2016 after what happened to my father, like that's what brought me back into games. And that was when I met you guys. And that's what means a lot to me, is these games can really, like, change your life. And that's why it gets so defensive when people kind of criticize indie games to be kind of, like, child games. Because, you know, I'm a fucking 23-year-old now, which is really young compared to a lot of people in the industry. But, like, it's, it's... These indie games are still part of my journey and are, like, the reason why I'm here today. And yeah i'm gonna stop talking because i'm gonna keep crying (laughs) it's okay you made me cry too so oh god Um, yeah andrew you talk yeah i can give you guys
1: uh, (laughs) a couple minutes. um no i'm like i love that you brought that up Monty, Uh, because like something that's so important in like the thematics of unfinished swan is legacy and like what you leave behind um and monroe dealing with his mom's legacy of all these unfinished paintings and then the king not finishing his statue because he wanted a legacy um like I think that's like it's incredible that you were able to pull that out of it because it's so intrinsically tied to what the game says too um yeah so I it, think it's, it, it's it just means, like a perfect blending of you know
2: yeah it's it's a game that really spoke out to me and it's I'm really lucky to have it in my life because you know there's a shit ton of games that I still haven't played in this world, um, like, maybe could have, like, changed the course and stuff, but I'm really happy to have this game in my life and kind of be able to keep returning to it when I kind of lose that motivation or lose that kind of, like, childhood wonder of, like, hmm, what's the next thing that's gonna happen? Like, what's the next exciting thing when I don't think anything is exciting's gonna happen soon or when I'm feeling bad or if things aren't ever gonna be good again? Um... It's, yeah, it's a great game. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good at, like, communicating my emotions. I think this is, like, the first time, like, I've I've cried. Um, Other than, like, the two seconds in our fucking decade game, which is, again, with Unfinished Swan. um, I think this clears up why I cried.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I think... (laughs) I think Unfinished Swan might be the first indie game I finished and liked. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I finished bastion first but i didn't really care for it at the time i really like bastion now mm-hmm. um, so like yeah i mean it's like it doesn't hit me to the same impact that it does for you obviously but like yeah i think it's from what i can remember it's my first indie game that i played beat and truly truly loved mm-hmm. um so like and that's why i have such a soft spot for it
2: and that means a lot, uh, like, hearing that, because that is my favorite game, and a lot of people have, like, mixed reviews. So I'm happy that you liked it, Andrew. That's really no, good.
1: I loved it, <laughs> and, like, I I think that's why, like, I have a soft spot for it, too, and, like, when Game of the Decade did happen, I was like, fuck, like, I can't vote against this, Um, because, one, I knew how much it meant to you. And two, it does mean a lot to me. Not nearly as much, but its it does mean a lot to me. And, like, I was so bummed on Borderlands 3 that the idea of board, voting for Borderlands 2 just did not sit well with me. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of really good timing. <laughs> um, but, yeah. like, And I love that, like, that and Slime Rancher, like we I talked about earlier, like the two games that you and I just, like, are so fucking eye-to-eye on. <laughs> Because we're the only two, I think, at Uppercut who have, like, truly loved both of those games. I think you and I are the only ones that have even played Slime Rancher. Yeah, I think Slime Rancher
2: is so good, Jess. It's such a good, like... I need to to play it.
1: Honestly, it'd be really great. You've been stressed lately. It's a good way to relax. Yeah,
2: maybe I should. Maybe that would be a good idea. You're mixing little cat slimes. You're just (laughs) making shit. You're making little ranches. It's like... It's. It looks like such a silly game. Again, like, I can see why people, like, have their notions with indie games, but you dive into it, and it's so good. Like, every end of the year, I always tweet out to fucking Minoki Park saying, like, ah, yes, once again, Slime Rancher is my game of the year. And the game's, like, fucking <laughs> four years old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like, I tweet up Inoki Park all the time, being like, please give me more Slime Ranger content, even though I know they're working on their next game.
2: (laughs) And they just like it, don't say anything. I'm sure they're fucking sick of it.
1: Sometimes they like it. Sometimes I think they're just like, nah. That's
0: like my relationship with, like, Lionhead Studios. Like, I'll just (laughs) like... They don't even exist anymore. I know, I know, but I'll tweet about them. I'll be like, man, I really miss Lionhead Studios. And then, like, a whole bunch of people who used to work there like it. And then also this one uh, company that's, like, a few of the people who used to work there and they're now working on Something else they always like they like it too and a couple times they've been like oh check out the new game we're doing though and like i love it and that happens like once a year i'll just tweet out about like missing Lionhead, <laughs> and, then, and then i get hit with that and i'm like i love you guys thank you they're watching they're watching yeah, for I... the people who miss them yeah. microsoft fucked up yeah right god they, yeah, seriously they though
2: that. they deserved better
0: they did for um Lionhead. <laughs> But no, uh, gosh, what's funny, Monty, you made me start crying like a baby, and now I'm derailed, I don't even know, I don't even know what I was gonna say, it was just such a, no, it was so good, I was just like listening, I was like, she's right, she's right, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> but no, no and mean... it feels it feels good because like i i know like i'm very open about my life with you guys you guys know what goes mm-hmm. on with me behind closed doors but like i don't vent out about my passions like being open about something and being emotional about something are very two different things because yeah. i can be open but i can still have my fucking wall like i could still have my guard which i usually do
0: yeah. um well i feel like and like uh all... I mean, I feel like we were, we can each, like, divulge how much we want about our own mental health. But, like, ha- having BPD, like, I feel like there's that natural tendency to be open. Like, I feel like I'm very open about a lot of things. Like, I'm open about sex. I'm open about, like, just my different views on things. Like, all of those things, that like, money, like, things that people don't talk about, um, like, or that are taboo to talk about. Like, I'm pretty open with. But am I open with my emotions? No, I kind of suck about, like, with that. Like, sometimes I can be, and, like, I'll post stuff, and it seems like I'm being open and, like, talking about my life and stuff. But, like, then, like, on the rare occasion that I, like, talk to somebody, and I'm really, like, okay, this is how I'm, like, actually really doing. A lot of times people are, like, oh, fuck, okay, I didn't know that was going on in your life. Like, (laughs) you know, and, like, that's kind of how I operate. And, like, Monty, I feel like you're kind of similar.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can just say it outright. Like you and me, we both have BPD. Um, yeah, I didn't want to like say you and I both did, and then you'd be like, "I don't want people to know that." So like, oh but- no, I hope they know so people know what they're getting into with me.
0: Could you stop
2: looking at you? Um, it's it's so I I know like the the being open and being emotional aspect. Like being open makes me feel like I have control of it, and like I have control mm-hmm. what people think they know about me. Um, but being emotional, like, I know, like, with the whole, like, immigration scares that I've had before, like, Andrew would text me out of nowhere and be really supportive, and I'll be like, thanks, that means a lot, thinking, like, he, you know, he helped me, but he really did, but in, like, the other end of me not texting him all the shit that's going on, like, I'm, like, crying because I'm so thankful for, like, Andrew just being nice to me, Mm -hmm. um, And that's the difference between being, uh, (laughs) that's like the difference between being open and being emotional, like being emotional Mm -hmm. and kind of like breaking down and like telling people these things. So this is like the first time I think I've ever been emotional, like on a podcast ever, which is crazy. Cause usually I'm here like saying stupid shit and. I'm happy K-K-G-G that you guys.
1: Exclusive.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Not allowed no. to to cry no. in any other podcast. I've signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was part of your uppercut contract. No,
0: but you like, don't like I don't contracts. know what you said about like like the one parent family. Like, cause I I mean it's weird because like my stepdad was I mean now my parents are like getting a divorce but my stepdad is around for like I don't know I think they met when I was like 12 or something like that and so my stepdad was there from like 12 to recently but the most of the time and like even when my mom was married to i don't know my mom's been married like twice and i don't know my real dad my whole my family is just like a fucking mess so like bear with me listener um but like my other dad who is still not my biological dad uh was in the military so he was just gone constantly and that's part of the reason my mom left is because he was just like gone um Mm -hmm. so like i grew up with my mom you know like my mom and even when my mom met my stepdad, like, I, she, we didn't, like, move in with him right away, like, I was, we were, we had a little apartment, it was just my mom and my sisters and I, um, and, like, that was, and that's, I think, why I'm so close to, like, the women in my life, and why I have problems with men (laughs) sometimes, (laughs) uh, is because, like, it was, it was my two sisters and my mom, and, like, we just fiercely protected one another, and, like, there's something about, I don't know, you're talking about the intimacy of that and how that relates to the type of like, games and stories you like and kind of liking that indie feel and that smaller, more personal, homey feel. And, like, it even kind of extends to, like, how I feel working at Uppercut. You know what I mean? Like, we, you talked about how all these people who work on indie games, they generally have another job. Like, this is just something they do because their heart's in it mm-hmm. um, and how incredible that is. Because, like, I mean, while everybody who works on video games, I don't want to, like, say, like, People who work at Ubisoft, like, they don't have their hearts in there or whatever, because, I mean, these are passionate people who worked really hard, and, like, they love their job, and that's why it sucks so much when people like that are the ones who get fucking laid off, because the head honchos at these big devs, like, don't care. Yeah, um, for sure. But it's, like, that's that's how it is with Uppercut, you know? Like, we all have other jobs, but, like... We do this because we just genuinely care. We love one another. We love games. We love talking about them. And we love, you know, I don't know, kind of the ideas that we we have and support. And we know what we want to bring to the community, we, what, what we want to bring to the sphere. Um, and I think we all feel really strongly about how important it is that we help create that.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: we're all here and we're doing this. Um, yeah, and it and feels... Yeah.
2: It feels good. Um, yeah. Like, reeling it back into, like, the the whole, like, feel of, like, you know, the indie games. And, like, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff, like you said. And, like, what we do that relates to that. It feels great. Because, like, while I was playing this game, again, I was... Uh, 2012. How old was I? I was, like, 15, I think. Um, I'm, I'm a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like you know i was doing a whole bunch like i was taking care of my family i was trying to get really good grades in school because i wanted to get into a good college haha ha, that didn't happen um and my mom was working like three fucking jobs but she was still juggling like having fun with her kids like bringing us to like these surprise trips she was really into fucking apple farms so she would like find an Aww. apple farm new like every fucking sunday to go to That's and very like cute. she's so cute she's so fucking crazy but she's so good And that's why I I really love these like indie game studios because I feel like I can relate to that where it's just like, hey, after I play something that's there, after I've lost motivation, again, that wonder kind of like sticks after I play. And that's why I'm so excited to write about these games right after I finish them, because that wonder is back. And that brings me back to 15 year old Monty um, playing this and being like, what the fuck? This is so good.
0: I mean, I think that's, like, that's, like, all you can ask for when you finish, like, a book or a movie or a TV show or, like, any, like, piece of media is, like, you know, it's one thing to, like, watch something and be like, oh, that was so good, you know, and then it's another thing to, like, when it stops and you're just like, wow, I loved that world, like, I loved those people, now that it's gone, it feels like there's something missing a little bit, but at the same time, you feel like you're changed.
1: That's. Mm-hmm. i mean that's how i mean i can name three things off the top of my head that like i know i felt that way about what persona 4 golden mm-hmm. as soon as i finished it i was like like it sounds so stupid but like i missed my friends yeah you know it's a
2: good game persona 4 is great i felt good after finishing that game
1: like i immediately started a second playthrough i put oh. almost 300 i put almost 300 hours into that game
2: oh damn. god
0: i didn't realize you put that much I into it I almost platinumed it wow
1: yeah um, it was just
0: the voice lines thing, huh? No,
1: I had the voice lines. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm one of, like, very few people actually have the voice lines done. Damn. Jesus. I, I accidentally deleted my save file with Oof. my completed game, so I had to beat the game two more times to get the Platinum instead of just oh,
2: one more time. Oh, my God.
1: Oof. Yeah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Persona 4. Cool. Yeah. Um, the Adventure Zone balance arc um, is one of my favorite pieces of media of all time
2: i adventure zone is the dnd podcast right
1: yes nice. but i'm specifically talking about like the first season they did it oh, took, cute. Th- took three years mm. um i binged it over the course of two months and i feel like
0: it's not a binge at that point
1: i mean to cram like th- three or oh four yeah i guess that's true i guess two that's months. true that's, i definitely think that's a binge
2: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs>
1: um but yeah I cried like a baby during the finale in rush hour traffic in California Uh on the highway um and then like not so much this but like I felt like kind of how you describe or how Jessica described like you want to talk to somebody like you just want to talk about it and just like reminisce on it and like Death Stranding for me was that because I literally had no one to talk to about it (laughs) oh like because like no one I'm mega close with and like talk to games about finished or like played it or finished it yeah uh, mostly finished it a lot of people played it but yeah i had literally no one to talk to about that and that game was so i love that game like it's so big for me and just mm-hmm. like i just sat on my feelings with it Aww. i've never talked to anybody about it uh, i hey. wrote a i wrote a letter with chris about it for like game with like end of the year stuff but like i didn't talk as much as i wanted to about it
2: um hey Andrew, what what's up? can i make a promise what after I finish Final Fantasy VII, because I want to finish that, okay. um, I'll get Death Stranding. How long is that game? A hundred hours?
1: No, it depends. Like, if you like do a shit ton of side missions, it can take you like sixty to seventy. Um, but if you just like blow through it, you can do it in like thirty five forty.
2: Okay, I'll yeah, still kind of play long. it, and we can talk <laughs> about it. Aww, deal. Also, I have to play it because. I want to marry the guy's son.
0: <laughs> um, and the good news is, is if that doesn't work out, and you end up marrying Andrew for the green card, you guys can talk about it.
1: Yeah. So either way, you just gotta play it. It'll
2: it'll be in her vows.
1: <laughs> god.
2: Oh my
0: god.
1: Oh, uh, I feel bad. Who forever has to eventually write the uppercut wiki? Because <laughs> like, God, it's like gonna be a mess. Yeah.
2: Monty and Andrew aren't actually married, but they talk about it a lot, which is really (laughs) weird.
1: Also, Jessica wants to marry everyone else in (laughs) Uppercut. True. True. It's weird. Um, It's weird. It's like a whole web nest. We're basically just like like, the relationships page.
0: We're the games industry Fleetwood Mac
1: oh my oh god, god. No. we really god. are we That's really so are god i hate that so much <laughs> uh, anyway um. my
2: nose is runny i can't oh. blow it oh. um,
1: does anybody else have anything to say about unfinished one no because we'll oh cry god.
2: again i'm not ready to be <laughs> emotional i've closed I'm up
1: Yep, feelings time, over.
0: It's it's not like alcohol and peeing. You just gotta, you
2: gotta close it up.
1: Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> That's what I think of those. I was like, oh, fuck
2: dude, you're it. right. I've never thought about it that way before. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. No, the second that you, like, that you pee once you've been drinking, you just gotta pee, like, every 20 minutes. It's horrible. God... <laughs> And that is the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, this kind of went everywhere. This is great. It
0: really did. This was like probably like the most unstructured the show's ever been, but like I loved it. It was yeah, great. It was
1: tons of fun and it was very good. Yeah. Gosh,
0: nice. it's a, it's a good game. It's a really good game. You um I'll pull, pull up the script. Yeah, I will pull up the script. Um, that's probably a good idea. I feel good. Thank you guys for giving me a chance to
2: talk about
0: it. Oh my no, gosh. Anytime. Monty, I want you on every single podcast.
1: Yeah. Also, <laughs> Monty, how do you feel about apple farms?
2: Apple farms? Yeah, Dude, geez, I mar- fucking I fucking love them. That's why like, okay. I texted you guys earlier today, like, come to New England with me.
1: <laughs> so there's a really, like, really great apple farm about an hour from us this Mm -hmm. fall after you can like travel after everyone can travel you should come up we'll go to the orchard
2: i want to go back to your area again i want to do that that sounds nice good that'd be so good yeah Yeah, we also also need to do
1: and they make apple cider and apple alcohol i think
0: oh fuck yeah yeah we also need to go to yosemite
2: yeah oh that sounds pretty it's amazing
0: oh and also Hearst castle we need to do so many trips monty
2: Yes, we do. Uppercut because. autumn weekend. It's gonna be nice.
1: Uppercut getaway.
0: Because <laughs> life is just following a swan, and you just you just gotta you gotta enjoy the journey, and we gotta go to yes!
2: all these places. Monty's yes, Jess is getting it. Jess is fucking getting it. Yes!
0: <laughs> I love you so much. Like I said, every single podcast. I, I like. We're gonna bring on new people for Kiss Kiss Game Game, and I'm just not gonna tell them Monty's there. <laughs> Wait, Monty is actually on every podcast. I'm gonna credit Monty, even though she's just gonna
2: be muted. Your guests are gonna hear a laugh. They're like, what was that? It's like mm, that was the door. Bruce. Podcast boost. It was Bruce. <laughs> it's <was> Bruce. Oof. <laughs> it <was
0: Bruce.
1: sighs> okay. All
0: right. So I guess let's wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, Kiss Kiss Game Game is a product of Uppercut, which you can find at UppercutCrit.com over on Twitter at UppercutCrit. And on Patreon at patreon.com slash uppercutcrit. If you'd like to hang out with us and our friends, you can join our Discord server, which I will link in the show notes. We would like to give a huge thanks to Monty for coming on today and to everyone who shared us their questions, stories, and comments, which we did not do this episode because things have been weird, but we will next episode, I promise. (laughs) Uh, Kiss Kiss Game Game is a show all about connections and vulnerability, and we thank you always for extending us both.
1: And last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank our Patreon producers. You can become a patron. Jessica, you flipped the script on me right in the middle of me reading. I it.
0: was trying to pull up the producers. <laughs>
1: <last> but, okay, <laughs> I'll start over. And last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank our Patreon producers. You can become a Patreon producer by pledging at the seven dollar or above tier on Patreon.com/UppercutCrit, and we will read your name at the end of every podcast episode as a special thank you. This month's patrons are abnormal mapping. I cannot read that. I need to become closer. Oh.
0: I can make it bigger. Yeah,
1: zoom in, enhance,
0: enhance. Uh, <laughs> Abnormal
1: mapping, Adept seventy-seven-seven-seven, Adrian Arock Williams, Andrew Renee. Andrew Rivera, Andrew Sherman, Barrett Courtney, Chris Nelson, Colton Crow, DJ Kento, Eli Berg Moss, uh, Eric Jin, Eric Sapp, GameCrash.co.uk, Ginny Wu, Jared Shu, Javi Guanty, 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 Guanty. Uh, Jesse Peterson. Jesse Vitelli Vitelli. Cam Koenig, Kenneth Shepherd, Lucas Lyon, Matthew Flowers, Michael Diaz, Suarez. <laughs> Suarez. <laughs> uh, Mikey Phillips, New Mayor, uh, Optional Objective. Uh, Philip Villar, Quinn Hoffman, Sean Martin, and Tyler McCall. Thank you for Woo-hoo! bearing with me through that. The computer was very far away, and I have bad eyes. Also,
0: that list is getting long. Whew. Yes, thank I you so know. much.
1: Um, so this is the week, we're recording this on 420, uh, The like, less <laughs> than a week after our big PayPal pool. Um, so thank oh, you yeah. to all you new patrons that jumped in on that. We appreciate the hell out of you. We couldn't do this without you. All your support goes directly to the site and like paying being allowing us to play freelancers and artists and contractors and all that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And to everybody who, and that's just the people who, who became a patron yeah. to everybody who gave to the EGM fund.
1: It's like over 200 people.
0: It's so many people. And Fucking... we raised like 12 point something like twelve point two thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. We that's... are now. Oh, it's, it's incredible. We are now going to be able to accept every single pitch. And it's like originally our goal. Cause we, we didn't know if this would be like out of pocket or whatever. We our planned goal yeah, we planned on it most of it being out of pocket. We thought that like doing a thing would just supplement a little bit of it, so like it would help out a bit. But we were planning on on four hundred dollars for pitches, and like that's what we could kind of do, and we were hoping for a little bit of help, and like what we can do now is incredible. We can accept every pitch and we can pay people like five to six times more because all of that money is just going back to- Yeah, we're to, not getting a penny, to, to, penny of it. It's all going to Yeah, it's all owners. just going to freelancers and, and everybody made that happen. Like people yeah. listening, people who, like it's, oh, it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so, I cried yeah.
1: twice that day.
0: I also <laughs> cried like two or three times that day. I don't
1: too. cry often.
2: We <laughs> <They laughs> had an emotional day. We were on a wavelength, the guys
0: we're yep. just we're a bunch of feisty cry babies yep. that's all we are at uppercut honestly, yeah, honestly. yeah we just care a lot <laughs> um yeah, yeah. but that that does it for the show um huge thank you to everybody and monty um where can people find you um you can find me on instagram and twitter at fried monty perfect and monty also uh does the monthly podcast on uppercut well so monty does palin around and then also uh indie mixtape which i wanted to plug because like if you listen to this whole episode you know that monty's heart is like an indie game so like listen to that show it's incredible um yeah And, and you can hear monty uh be open and or emotional on that show
2: You'll hear, you'll hear me be open i don't know about emotional this is the, <laughs> this is the most it's ever gonna get i think
0: <laughs> well i love you and thank you for being emotional yeah, here yeah, and so and you're perfect and one of my bestest friends
2: oh i'm not gonna cry again fuck you <laughs> <laughs> dang that was that was my whole goal hey, i love you i love you so
1: much i love I can't you guys you to play for <laughs>
2: it's gonna be wild i'm gonna make fun of the baby the whole time oh I'm going to make fun of the baby the whole
1: time.
2: Oh, man.
0: Alright. Well, thank you, everybody, and we will see you next time.
1: Uh, Bye Bye.
2: Bye.